When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Paul Douglas back with you. Hope your Friday is going well. Jordana joining us virtually and hopefully she'll be live uh, for happy hour coming up in about 45 minutes. Be good to hear her voice. A lot of us going through a lot of stuff here the last couple of years with the pandemic, and it just seems like layer after layer. And it's been hard for everybody. It's been especially tough for teenagers. An article at The Atlantic caught our attention. Here's a quote. The U.S. is experiencing an extreme teenage mental health crisis. Between 2009 and 2021, the share of American high school students who say they feel persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness rose from 26% to 44%, according to a CDC study. That's the highest level of teen sadness ever recorded. We wanted an inside look at teenage mental health, so we asked Jordana to tape an interview with her youngest daughter, Ruby. I happen to own three teenagers, 19, 16, and 14, so I figured I would go to one of them to talk about this study. Ruby is my 14-year-old, and she's joining me now. Hi, baby. Hello. (laughs) And I know you've read this piece in The Atlantic because I sent it to you. So let me ask you about your experience. Being an American teenager, Mm -hmm. um, the study, you know, the article says that uh, 44% of American high school students say they persistently feel sad or hopeless. That's almost half the kids in high school. Uh, would you say that half of your friends feel this persistent feeling of sadness or hopelessness? I I don't know about half, but I would agree that a large amount. Specifically my friends, again, I wouldn't completely half of them, but I do have a lot of friends that have felt this way. Do you? I don't, thank God. Like I've had feelings where like, I'm I'm doing schoolwork and I'm like God, like I really don't want to do this I like you know like stuff like when you feel kind of hopeless when you just are really not feeling it I felt that way but I think anyone could say that What about this stat that says more than one in four girls reported they had seriously contemplated suicide during the pandemic um, Was it worse a year or two ago or what do you think about that I think it definitely depends on the person because I know a lot of people found it really hard during the pandemic to like get a good social like have a nice social life a you know a constant group of friends like all that so that does make sense to me why that amount of people felt that way during the pandemic but then again there's people that like to be alone or like to be more relaxed like down to earth people i know that they felt better but 
there was a good amount of people that didn't. One of the reasons they give for this increased depression or um, sadness is social media use. Sometimes it can enhance social situations, but it can also lead to a dependency and a lack of real friendships. What do you think about that? I completely agree with that. In the article, they compared it to alcohol. Sometimes it, like you said, enhances social situations Mm -hmm. and sometimes it becomes a dependency. And I thought that was a fantastic analogy because that is exactly how it's looked at from basically everyone I completely understand why it could be more like depressing for people because you do a lot of comparing on social media. You know, why don't I look like her? Oh, this person looks like they have such a cool life. Like, why am I not like that? But then again, it's supposed to be fun. What do I always tell you about comparison? Comparison is the thief of joy. (laughs) I completely agree with what the article had to say about social media. Okay, but it also reports that a third of teen girls say they can't stop logging on. Do you feel that way, too? Do you feel FOMO? You know, I kind of do. It might be kind of a FOMO thing, fear of missing out. I like to look at it in the fun way. Okay. Though when I do post, I do get, like, very anxious. How so? Explain that more to us. Social media is really based on how people look at you. That's, like, the point of it is for other people to look at you based on your profile. It's, like, the same way you would get scared, like, going up in front of a bunch of people. You're, like, showing your life, and some people might find it weird or don't think you look good or whatever it is. I do understand the not wanting to log off. I get that same feeling because it's very fun to have, and it keeps you in the loop and all that, but it's, you know, the thief of joy, like you said. Sometimes it's- And this is the first time I'm hearing you say this, that sometimes when you post, you're worried about people's comments. Maybe Not necessarily comments. Oh. I don't, I've never gotten, like, a mean comment. I know many people have. Mm-hmm. But personally, I just haven't, like, I don't have, like, a platform for that, like, anything like that, you know? It's just, like, what people think or, like, what people might be saying. The article also cited that the world is very stressful now. I mean, yeah. it, it was you who alerted me to the fact that you were watching this war in Ukraine on TikTok. Yeah. Do you think that there's too many of these images or the world stress that maybe teenagers shouldn't be preoccupied invading your personal space? I mean, I think there's, like, a little bit that's kind of extreme. Like, we don't really need to be so, like, involved in it. But then again, I think it's really important to educate teens about it. So I think it's important that we know, though there is, like, a lot going on, and a lot of teens, like, think they know so much about situations that they don't know about. And it kind of, like, drives other teens to be involved. I know Mm -hmm. there's been, like, a lot of, like, phases on, like, Instagram where everyone posts the same, like, three infographics about, like, a topic they know nothing about. Like, sorry, like, I I mean, (laughs) not to offend anyone that's not targeted, but it's just, like, everyone posts about it because they feel like they should be involved, they should use the platform for the better. If they don't post, it feels like they're not being an activist and people are wondering why they're opting out and, well, don't they care about the war or the environment? Exactly. So it's like Mm -hmm. like kind of pressuring when there's Mm -hmm. all that going around social media. Do you feel that there's more pressure from external sources like social media or the world or do you feel the pressure is coming from parents? I think it's a good mixture and going back to that, like depending on what kind of person you are, because a lot of people take like social media and all that kind of stuff way more seriously than their, like than what their parents think of them. And sometimes it's the other way around. But I do completely understand like where people are coming from when they say that like their parents are pressuring them or that's the reason they have anxiety. And I, yeah, that definitely makes sense.
Oh, God, we're on the radio. You can tell me. Am I pressuring you? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Um, Before I let you go, I know you're only 14, but do you have any advice for parents if maybe they're feeling like their teen might be depressed or sad? I would just say, like, be very open, be accepting. Like, don't create this, like, plan for your kid to make them think that, like, don't make your kid think that they have to do specific things or they should be to a specific standard. I think it really helps when you know your parents are accepting and they'll be open to new ideas and they're, like, they'll love you no matter what. I think that's really important because some people, like, when their parents create this, like, this persona for them to follow, they rebel against that completely just to, like, prove them wrong. Because, like, when your parents treat you badly, it makes you not want to listen to them. All right, that was uh, Jordana and her youngest daughter, Ruby. And following up on that, Dr. Tali Vang, a psychologist from Hennepin Healthcare, is going to be talking about teens and mental health, what you need to know when we come right back. Yeah, it's a fitting tune. Crazy nights. Yeah, you know. It is crazy, especially when you're a teenager. But uh, that last segment that Jordana interviewing Ruby, it, it really highlighted the extra pressures. And it's, you know, it's a myriad of issues. I mean, the pandemic added insult to injury, but the injury was already there with social media, having a real life and having a virtual online life and being, you know, tending to both. So much more complicated than I remember when I was a teen. Listen to this. The CDC study that is highlighted in this Atlantic article, almost 8,000 high school students, uh, first six months of last year, more than one in four girls reported that they had seriously contemplated suicide during the pandemic. Twice the rate of boys. Nearly half of LGBTQ teens said they had contemplated suicide during the pandemic. Half, compared with 14% of their heterosexual peers. Sadness among white teens seems to be rising faster than among other groups. With us to try to make sense out of this and and answer a potentially unanswerable question, what do we do about it, is psychologist Dr. Tali Vang from Hennepin Healthcare. So great. To have you back on the air, Dr. Vang, thank, thank you and welcome back. Thank you, and I, I've missed you all. Have I'm you so really? glad to be here. Especially yes, Jordana. I yeah, I, well, that, that's yes. sweet of you. Thank you. And, you know, you read these studies and you just shake your head. And, look, my, my kids now are in their low 30s, and they had the wind knocked out of them by the pandemic and by everything else, you know, the last couple of years. But... For teens, it's extra tough. I mean, the isolation during the pandemic, uh, magnified by social media. Do you see this in your practice, Dr. Vang? Yeah, um, and I I really appreciate the point that you made earlier about how this was already a trend that we were seeing in our adolescent youth, even before the pandemic. I remember um, statistics started to come out about how we were having children as young as 10 and 9 attempting suicide. It's heartbreaking when you think about that. And so this was already starting to trend, and the pandemic most certainly exacerbated that. And so this is, this is rampant. And when we think about teenage years, that's where 
a lot of the social socialization really comes in and our peers become very important to us. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 again, everybody wants a um, a silver bullet, an explanation, and uh, that would be great if there was a silver bullet. It, it seems to me that there's plenty of silver buckshot. Derek Thompson wrote something, and I, I just want to share this because it really brought this home to me. Um, the world is overwhelming. An inescapably negative news cycle creates an atmosphere of existential gloom not just for teens, but also their moms and dads. The more overwhelming the world feels to parents, the more they may try to bubble wrap their kids with accommodations. Over time, this protective parenting style deprives children of the emotional resilience they need to handle the world's stresses. I mean, to me, that that spoke to me. You know, are we overly pampering our kids, and and do they not have the skills that they need to weather these stresses? Uh, what what do you make of that? You know, I have several thoughts about that, actually, Paul. And that that is such a great point. The world. So one of my thoughts: the world is incredibly scary, but it's impossible for us as parents to protect our children from all of the things that could possibly go wrong. And so if we were to approach um, raising our children, our teenagers in this way, we wouldn't be setting them up for success. Instead, what we find is one of the better things to do is to teach our children how to repair, how to recover, how to rebuild. Mm -hmm. And a key, a key ingredient to doing that is really to create a sense of security at their home base. Home base can be anywhere. So I just want to make that clear, right? It could be um, anywhere that is safe and supportive for children with, um, in the context of having an adult. It could be parents, grandparents, family, teachers even. But if a child, a teenager can feel like they have a safe home base, then they know that they are loved. That they, then they know that they are good, mm-hmm. good people. And when they go out into the world and they experience something scary or something difficult, They can always go back to knowing, right, that can be feeling rooted. So that's one thing that we can do as parents. Now, I I find that a mistake that we oftentimes make in this society. And this visual was actually provided, uh, given to me by a a very wise professor, is we tend to raise uh, our children in um, a way that is kind of like an inverted triangle. And what I mean by that is you think about a triangle and if you were to kind of flip it on its head, Oftentimes what we do is we enact, um, or, okay, sorry, think about a triangle, right? Right. Uh, Just a a triangle. What we tend to do in this society is we tend to give a lot of freedom and a lot of leeway to our children when they're young. We give them second chances and we don't have many boundaries. But it's when they're getting older into their teenage years when we start to restrict and we start to put a lot more rules and boundaries but that we should be doing that opposite. We should be inverting that triangle where as children, we give them more rules, we give them more boundaries, we give them more routine. And as they get older, we loosen up, we give them more trust. That way of, of when we envision this way of parenting, it creates a sense of competence, it creates a sense of confidence, and 
it teaches them that we trust them. And so by doing that, right, we're setting the boundaries early. We're setting the expectations early. So that's, that's another thing that we can, we can certainly do that can really, really help us. Um, lastly, I'll just say, children are very, very perceptive, even at very young ages. And so sometimes the issue is, even though they're very perceptive and very smart, they may not have the words to describe what they're going through, what they're, um, what they're thinking. And so as, as parents, as adults, we can help them find the words to, to describe their experiences. And this can help them de-escalate if they are upset or frustrated. But it also can build trust with teenagers to be able to, to accurately kind of convey what the teenager is, is feeling. Related to this, to children being very perceptive, is if we as parents are very anxious and we kind of bubble wrap our children, like you, you mentioned, mm-hmm. then sometimes if they're feeling sad, they may want to protect us. They may not want to come tell us that they're feeling sad because they don't want to add to our burden. So that's something that we should be mindful of, too. Huh. I'm just glad I grew up without social media. I was a free-range kid. My my parents just sent me loose on my bike, and I'd go, you know, hang out with friends and uh, try not to get into trouble. But and And I know, you know, social media gets much of the blame, and maybe it's not warranted, but... You know, it especially when it comes to, to teenage girls, you know, it can often make them feel worse about their body, make them feel worse about their life. It can disrupt sleep patterns. And then you got the global pandemic and a period of isolation, and, and suddenly teenage sadness uh, doesn't feel all that mysterious. I mean, should parents put a limit on social media, or is that an act of futility? Oh, that's that's a really good question, and I think that's um, at the heart of many many conversations between parents. I think that there's there's many layers to it. So there is definitely the the imagery, right, or this um, expectation that is set because of what we see posted and, and the things that we don't see. We don't know what's going on in people's lives for real. There is definitely that, and I think there's a standard that. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Um, especially teenage girls can hold themselves up against. However, there's other, the other layers to that too is you mentioned you might just jump on your bike. We also know that exercise helps 
really deter like depression mm-hmm. and sadness. And we're missing out on that too. So the sedentary lifestyle is, is contributing to the sadness in addition to that, to, the, to that comparison that can naturally happen. And something about the way that social media operates is like kind of this gamification of how many likes do you have? How many followers do you have? There's also the feel good chemicals that get released in our brains when we get enough followers or likes that right. is also playing a role in this too. So I think limiting it is important and talking about having open conversations with our teenagers about, about these factors can help them understand. Yeah. And so that they don't rebel against it, right? So they can um, feel empowered. Absolutely. Great advice. Dr. Tali Vang, psychologist extraordinaire for, at Hennepin Healthcare. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great weekend and, and thank you for chiming in. Thank you. You bet. Hey, it's Earth Day, and when we come back, a regular Dr. John Abraham talking about climate change and other areas where maybe we're not making the progress we should be making. What is he optimistic about? What is he scared about? The very latest from Dr. Abraham next on CCO. Paul Douglas back with you. We'll hear from Jor for Happy Hour coming up in a few minutes, and you can certainly text us what you're happy about. Must be something. I'm happy it's going to be in the 70s tomorrow. Text us, 651-461-9226. So yesterday, Ashley Shelby, Don Shelby's daughter, who's a a journalist and a teacher, uh, we signed some books at the Red Balloon Bookshop in St. Paul. By the way, they were talking about you. I know you know the owner, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. Yeah. And... um, well, this, and I know the author too. Well, I mean, is this the uh, her book about the Antarctica? Yes, I love that book. That was fantastic. South Pole Station. Yep. She did an amazing job talking about climate denial, pulling that into the, you know, a very, very good narrative. But the, the question of eco anxiety came up, and a couple of younger kids were there for this book signing, and I could tell that they're they're anxious about climate change and this world that they are inheriting and the question came up and this is my first question for dr john abraham who's a friend he helped me edit um kids guide to saving the planet it's not hopeless we aren't helpless i'm grateful to you as a friend and as a colleague uh for everything you've done to keep me from going over the cliff well i'm going to interrupt you that book um is fantastic and if people haven't read it they should absolutely go out and get it it's a book that is written it's very accurate but you wrote it in a way that wasn't talking down to people and you clearly described the science and also solutions so it is a fantastic book well, and i'll recommend people go get that thank you I, I appreciate that and i guess i feel some guilt too because younger people and their parents say well paul you know what can we do personal choices okay buy an electric vehicle put solar panels on your roof recycle and I guess if tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people do that over time, that can move the needle. My my first question to to you, John, individual choice, that, that's important, but it still doesn't negate the fact that we need sound policy at a federal level, a state level. We need to find ways to wean ourselves off fossil fuels, off, off a carbon-based economy, and that's proving to be very, very tough. 
Yeah, that's right. And so when we talk about what we can do, well, first of all, we, we've got a problem. Our problem is that we are warming the planet and that's causing a lot of consequences that are really, really expensive. So we're not talking about just saving polar bears for the polar bear's sake. We're not talking about saving a coral reef in part of the ocean. We are talking about the, the sustenance of the economic and biodiversity of this planet. It's a big deal. It's going to be tremendously expensive if we don't handle this. So we have to get a hold on this problem. And the things that we can do are personal actions. You mentioned uh, putting solar panels on your roof, uh, getting an electric car. I've done that. I Mm -hmm. know that you've got an electric car. And just doing that step alone will reduce your emissions by about a third. Um, It's a tremendous reduction of your emissions. And guess what? You save money and you get great performance. I mean, I am never going to buy a combustion car again. Uh, Electric cars are fantastic. The performance is fantastic. Their costs are not that high, and in fact, you save about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars of gas price alone over the lifetime of your car. So it makes economic sense, but it also makes environmental sense. So people can take action like those. People can use more efficient light bulbs, insulate their houses, etc. But we also need collective action, and that would come through policy or or people working together. Uh, to do things together as a community. So that could be policy issues. It could be things like a cap-and-trade bill. There's a variety of things that we can do together as a society. And when you add that to the things that we can do individually, that's a really powerful one-two punch. And and that's what makes me optimistic because we are moving quickly toward taking action on, on those two issues, in particular personal personal choices. I mean, we're to, we're to a point where you can – power your home with solar or wind power at a cheaper cost than coal. And so if you can save the environment and save money at the same time, right. that's a no-brainer. It's it, a win-win. It's a win-win. So here we are with this war in Ukraine and the federal government opening up more federal land for leases doesn't mean that the oil companies are going to drill, but at a time when we need to be moving faster into renewables – wind and solar and energy storage and biofuels, and even nuclear. I think nuclear, new forms of nuclear that are cheaper, smaller, uh, don't have the plutonium side effects. It seems like there are some opportunities there. Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, the latest uh, IPCC report, uh, we've warmed up about two and a half degrees planet-wide. We're on track to hit about four degrees of warming by 2100. We've used up four-fifths of the carbon budget that we would need to be followed to have even a 50-50 chance of hitting you know, that one-and-a-half degrees Celsius uh, limit, according to the IPCC. Do you still think we can get there and keep the warming? Now it's a, it, there's more warming in the pipeline. The question is how much additional warming. We're trying to avert a worst-case scenario. Do we still have the bandwidth to do that? Well, let's start out by talking about what a degree does. So you – I think you mentioned earlier how nice it's going to be tomorrow. In fact, yeah. your first question was actually what things are you happy about? Yeah. And I'm happy to be in the studio and see you face-to-face. It's been a long time. Well, that's that's very sweet yeah, of you. Well, Thank you. And, and honest. Um, but, you know, um, we, we have the opportunity to, to change this problem. Um, and, and to make this problem better. And we can do it with smart choices. And, and as we've already discussed, uh, there are choices that we can make that will save money as well as the, um, as well as the environment at the same time. Uh, 
And so to the extent that we are wondering, looking around for a solution, we want to look around for solutions that make fiscal sense as well as solutions that can save the environment. But let's talk about what a degree means because you mentioned a couple degrees. People might think, hey, Paul just told me tomorrow it's going to be 70 degrees and today it's cold. I mean – we're going to have a 20 to 30 degree change in one day. Right. What does a degree and a half or two degrees matter? Well, it matters tremendously because when we are – when climate scientists are talking about temperature, we're talking about long-term averages. Right. And if the world warms by a couple degrees in, in a long-term average, that is going to change the landscape of the planet. Just to put this in perspective, between now and an ice age – it's about a five to six degree difference. That's it. Five to six Fahrenheit Celsius. or Celsius? Celsius. Five so to that, six Celsius. So you're at about 10, 10, nine, nine to 10 Fahrenheit. Okay. But, but that's, that's not a big temperature change. It's, it's a small temperature change. Can, can take Minnesota and put permanent ice on Minnesota year round. That's with nine degrees Fahrenheit. So when we talk about a two, three, or four degree change, that's a big deal. And that's why we're so worried about uh, about these temperature changes. Uh, you asked, can I think you asked whether we can hit our one and a half degree one target. and a half Celsius? We're not going to hit that. We're no. not going to hit that. But we can um, hit two degrees. We might hit two and a half degrees. But the name of the game now is not stopping climate change. The name of the game now is to stop the worst consequences of climate change. If we can keep our temperature rise to two two and a half degrees, that is going to be give us a much better planet than a temperature rise of four or five degrees. So we're not going to stop climate change. There is warming in the pipeline, but every degree matters, and every degree that we can reduce the warming will make a tremendous impact in the future planet. We have about 30 seconds left, and I could go on. We could go on for a long time. Uh, Happy hour coming up. Is there anything you're happy about on this Earth Day, anything you're optimistic about with your kids, you have what four kids? Yeah, I've got four kids. Four kids. What? What are you still optimistic for the future? For their future? You mean the fact that they might move out someday and I'll have the house back to myself? Well, yeah, 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 that, yeah. That. No, I'm talking more the the warming I, and the here's disruption. What I, and, here's what I'm optimistic about. We're at a inflection point where uh, the solutions make economic sense as well as saving the environment, and 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 that only happened within the last few years. And so the old adage, hey, I can't do anything about climate change because it's too expensive, that is out the window. Right now, today, you can save money and save the environment at the same time. And because those two things are pulling in the same direction, I think it's inevitable that clean energy uh, takes a leadership role. And in fact, Minnesota can become an exporter of energy. I would love to sell our electrons to other states rather than having to mm-hmm. buy energy from other states or other countries that don't like us so yeah. much. Well said. John Abraham, Dr. John Abraham, St. Thomas is lucky to have you, and so are we. want to get you back soon. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. The one and only Jordana Green with Happy Hour when we come back on CCO. I'm happy I can take my driveway stakes out. It's time. It's April 22nd. I'm happy I can retire my heavy jacket. Still have my light jacket. And I'm happy that... Jordana Green is joining us right this moment. Hi, hey, Jordan, how are you? Hi, Sunshine. Hello, hello. You no, know, I'm uh, I'm okay. According to the Mayo Clinic, I'm healthy enough to have a bone marrow transplant. But awesome. That's good news. 
Awesome. I know mm-hmm. you you were never wishing for a bone marrow transplant, but now it was not. Yeah, but I'm I'm happy that you passed the test. I know you went through a lot of testing, right? Yes, I think I had. What was it? Babe? 13 tests and 52 13 invasive procedures, 52 test results. It's been a very long week. I've spent the week at Mayo. We just got home and um you know met with my doctor and he said you are good to go now we just have to wait for insurance approvals and paul my donor already donated so his oh. stem cells are on ice waiting for me awesome awesome that yeah. that is breaking news i'm happy yeah. to hear that sure everything seems to be I'm coming together that. awesome thank awesome. you i'm happy about that and mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. doing nine to noon next week i'm gonna miss you but yes. uh, hopefully we'll be together here uh, in early may but uh, glad you're well enough to do the the show absolutely and good to hear you today we were listening on the way back no you weren't <laughs> yes we were liar, liar pants <laughs> on fire and i was listening to ruby Ruby's amazing. You raised some great kids. I'm not surprised, but... Um, well, it's not easy. Parenting never is. DJ, what are you happy about, my friend? Uh, softball starts on Sunday. Oh. I'm going to the cage tomorrow. Doubleheader starting at 6 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's the the sign of spring I look forward to for softball game. And uh, yes. Jordana, he's not going up to Lutzen because uh, of the rain, right? Yeah, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. We were going to go, but it's going to be a washout, so we're staying home. Poor baby. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you get enough skiing in? I mean, like no. every weekend you were out. No, I'll take a few more weeks, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Just amazing. What are you happy about? What are you doing this weekend, Paul? Uh, I'm happy it's going to be in the mid-70s tomorrow. Going to hang out with my grandson and my kids uh, for a few hours in Excelsior tomorrow, wander around. And I'm uh, emceeing the Union Gospel Mission's annual gala tomorrow evening up in nice. Brooklyn Center. And the amazing things that they do. So very, very proud of what they do and uh, happy to be a very small part of what should be a very big evening. Jordana, we're always with you in spirit. Thank you for coming on today. Congratulations on passing those tests. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's all good. You hang in there. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on Monday. Have a safe weekend. Be good out there or don't get caught. And booyah. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.